Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is Tuesday, September 27th. And, John, I think we put about as much prep time into this episode as Michigan State's defense did into preparing for Minnesota last week. You want the good news or the bad news? Is there good news? Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, hit me with it. The good news is Minnesota is going to win the Big Ten West. The bad news is you shouldn't lose to Minnesota by 27 at home. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. So that's that's all I got. Yeah, I mean – I don't think it's crazy to call this the biggest disaster of the Mel Tucker era to date. And that's and that's with some really ugly COVID year games sprinkled in there, like the Iowa game that I think I watched one drive of and turned off. Sure. Um but yeah, I mean there's some ugliness on the resume prior to last year, but this is this is uh, I mean this is uh, shocking. Like, like legitimately, absolutely jarring. I mean, what we talked about last week was that Minnesota is going to ru- just run the ball. Their best receiver, their only source of, like, explosive plays uh, in the passing game was out. And MSU's defense should be able to have a bounce-back game. Instead, they got absolutely picked apart by Tanner Morgan, who had three – incomplete passes on the entire day, which is also the amount of touchdowns that he had. Uh, Mo Ibrahim ran for over 100 yards. Trey Potts ran for over 70. Um, they ran for five yards of carry, 240 yards on the ground. A handful of receivers had nice days. And, and you know, that's, that's like almost partially, I don't want to say excusable or less excusable, but like, or more excusable, but maybe slightly more expected. Whereas I look at the other side of the ball now and Michigan State's offense, mm. and it, that is – that's the part that sends off the sirens in my head now because you're, you're, you're coming out completely flat for the second straight week, which is becoming – that is becoming an alarming trend uh, under Bell Tucker completely flat offensively and never really finding your rhythm until the very end. Um, Completely and totally unable to run the ball yet again. I mean, they ran the ball a total of 14 times and that includes four rushes from Noah Kim and Peyton Thorne. 
calculated in there. Um, 38 total yards on the ground. I mean, just just pathetic. I mean, the leading yardage getter that's not a quarterback on this team was Cade McDonald with three catches for 31 yards. Tough. I don't – it's just a variety of things here that are huge – huge problems john I, do you have one you want to tackle because i've got a couple i could dive into in greater detail okay we can do that and we can have like a um autopsy of this game but i'll tell you what i it's hard for me to see a reason to autopsy every game because i think it's going to be the same issues for the rest of the season we could just do it at the end of the year I'm not. I'm punting on having to talk about this. That's <laughs> what you're doing. Uh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. No, no. I'll, I, I'll, I'll do it quickly because I know if you're listening. Thank you, by the way. You're you're a true sicko yeah, like us. A true sicko. I really should have started with that because you you've got just as biggest problems as John and I do. If you're listening to this, which I I'm just so sorry. Um. Yeah. I mean, like, I think the thing that was the most confusing to me, and there isn't like a real answer for is how you can have the product you see on the field look so different than what it did last year. And I just have a really hard time being convinced that the running backs are so significantly worse than Kenneth Walker, the third, that it's this problem. And if it's not them, then how is the offensive line so significantly worse after all but one of them have been in the program for at least two years, if not three, you know, you're paying an offensive line coach a million dollars a year. What, you know, like that. And then from the quarterback position, a true regression. I mean, two, two interceptions, a fumble. um, And, and then, you know, he just, and then just looked not great. And again, you know, he had a great game against Washington, but just kind of the defense was kind of what it was last year, candidly. I mean, that's yeah, what- I think the the biggest, again, red flag siren going off, you know, really concerning thing here is the play of Peyton Thorne, in my opinion. Um, just kind of un- unforgivable mistakes from a guy who is now quite seasoned who went faced much better opponents than Minnesota a year ago um, and who always seemed to kind of get up for big moments. I mean, we're, we're seeing a, a true, like you said, regression to the mean. And I don't believe that the running backs, the running backs are not the problem. I also, I'm, I mean, it, it, I don't know how much Ken, more Kenneth Walker is going to do uh, on that offense on Saturday. Um the offensive line taking a step back is is surprising and also not surprising. I think, you know, the only thing that I'll say that gives me some level of, of comfort in terms of where the program is at this moment, because I, I think it's a fair thing for people to look at these last two games and think, whoa, is any of this going to work the way we thought it was? Because you're, you're lying if you don't admit that that thought hasn't crossed your mind, because uh, it has. But I, I think we do need to kind of put those uh, in the backseat because I saw, I think it was Justin Finn made a really good point that typically when you're taking over a program uh, and the whole idea is to influx new talent and kind of do what Mel Tucker is still doing well on the recruiting trail, 
year three is typically the a really tough one because the previous regimes recruits the last couple of years of recruits which as a previous regime is going out you know are, are typically not the strongest classes um you know those are now the guys that are the upperclassmen right like those are the guys that are playing they are not the same level of raw talented that the kids below them are but they're experienced so they're going to get the minutes um i think you're seeing a lot of that manifest itself up at the top of the depth chart right now and that offensive line is is kind of a prime example i mean you know, you, you, you love Matt Carrick, you know, Brian Green has been kind of a no-show so far. Duplain's fine, same X, fine. But, but again, we're not talking about um, Big Ten championship level offensive linemen. Uh, you're, you're kind of just playing the guys that are, that are the most upper class. And, and the pressure really gets put now on these opening recruiting classes of Mel Tucker's because if they're not going to step up and perform, you just wonder where the changes is, is going to come from. So uh, I, it's not, I, you know, maybe we should have seen more of this coming to be honest, but um, we like wearing green tinted glasses here. So I guess, uh, well, you know, so the reason we, the reason we didn't is because we saw what looked to be like <laughs> against all odds an improbable 11 win season last year. Yeah. So there was kind of no, there was just so much like, I mean, maybe this is where the exception of the rule again, just like the D'Antonio years were the exception of the rule with the level of talent he had and or recruited and the output that he gave year over year, which was well above, you know, the talent level that was on the team. So it was like, oh, maybe we're just, (laughs) we're just kind of lucky. And, you know, had these years been flip flopped, you know, year, I guess if you want to call this year three, I don't year two asterisks, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know how people would feel like if this was the 11 win year, it's just like you, we tasted, you know, something great. And, and now you're kind of back looking at what the reality of a rebuild is kind of odd. It was just, it's fun. It's funny timing. So, um, I mean, I guess the only thing that I, I had to, if we're going to complain about anything, it's just like, Let's not overcomplicate this. You got three dudes on offense that are going to play in the NFL. So just give them the ball. Like Daniel Barker, Keon Coleman, and Jaden Reed are playing in the NFL. You don't have to make this hard. You know how I know that works? I watched Purdue in nine games throwing exclusively to David Bell and now throwing exclusively (laughs) to Charlie Jones. (laughs) Like, it's – that's – they're not – they Brome gets it. He's like, we kind of stink. Like, let's just give it to the guys that might make a little money one day. We don't yeah. have to pretend like we're doing something that we don't have to. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm obviously very much oversimplifying this, but no, I, I I don't disagree with you. But I also, I mean, you know, the thorn. I brought up the thorn thing because it's super concerning that he's still so volatile, right? Like you see flashes of greatness, and then you see just complete face plants like this uh i think the i can't believe it took us whatever how many minutes to talk about this minnesota had the ball for 42 minutes in this game 42 minutes 500 yards of total offense 10 for 12 on third down i remember saying last week that scotty hazelton that you know let's all take a deep breath whatever kind of talk some sense into everybody 
that's gone. That is gone. You just got your ass handed to you, handed to you. You got, you got dominated. This is a Michigan state fans. I am one of them that feels this way. We should be embarrassed. We should expect better. This is abysmal. We, we all kind of, turned our heads a little bit last year, turned a bit of a blind eye to what we knew was a problem. It's what cost us two, two games coming into this year. You're like, okay, kind of benefit of the doubt. Let's, you know, a natural step forward, yada, yada, yada. And instead we've seen just something that's worse than worse. I, I understand Xavier Henderson's hurt. I understand uh, Darius Snow is hurt. I understand that there, there's injuries and that Michigan State's roster is not at a place right now where you could survive too many of those. But you should, no matter what, be better than 500 yards against a non against Minnesota at home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is like a this is this is I'm looking at these team stats just unfortunately, and <laughs> these are these are numbers you see when you play a Big Ten team against like a MAC team. Like this, it's it's pathetic and. Yeah, again, I know Kendall Brooks is a D2 transfer. I know we might not have everything you want in, you know, Chester Kimbrough and and something like that, but uh, there is no excuse for this performance. So if this is going to keep up, which I look at the schedule and I have a hard time finding an offense that's going to be safer to play against than Minnesota's, I, I, you know, you just have to wonder if Scotty Hazelton is is going to be able to get by without completely renovating and overhauling what he's doing and or just looking somewhere else. Like, I hate to do that. I don't like calling for someone's job. I'm not saying they should fire him today. But, you, I mean, you, this is this is pathetic. Like, this is just pathetic football that Michigan State should be better than. And quite frankly, you know, Mel Tucker loves to preach the uh, – was it perform to play, perform to stay? Same same mantra should be held for the coaches, um, and they should be they should be playing better again. Not to give Jay Johnson excuses here because this offense didn't really come through at all. But when you've only got the ball for 17 minutes, uh, you know they didn't do any you know didn't do any favors. Three turnovers, but you know there's there's if you're spreading out blame, it is squarely on the defense's shoulders and, and they got to figure this out faster this season, whether we, yeah, whether, whether we want to admit it or not, this season could get extremely ugly, extremely quick. If, if they don't figure something out literally this week. You want to take a commercial break and start laughing again? <laughs> yeah. We're going to take an early commercial break. Uh, we're padding stats on this one, folks. Uh, okay. There we go. Three, two, one. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, we're back. Hey. Hey. Okay. Fun stuff. You remember I told you things could be like, they could be definitely worse. So everyone just needs to, you know why we're sad? 
it was because we were like, oh man, like we don't know what the ceiling is. And yep. and then that that's the most fun part of a rebuild. I don't know if we know yet, but I think we've seen some pretty glaring signs. But there are other programs who we've seen their ceilings, and it's funny to watch them. Like Miami lost at home to Middle Tennessee State, forty-five to thirty-one. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, dude. That's I mean, in, and to think they did it in front of such a big raucous crowd too. How embarrassing, right? Um, Miami, it's over, dude. Like over. It's over. Fun. It's been over. This I, I don't think the U like comes back now. Like I nope. I think the old Orange Bowl is gone. The glory days are gone. People do not care. Nobody cares. Like that's the wild. Is it truly nobody cares? You can't even get like literally a third of your stadium sold out. Like that's how little people care. You can't give tickets away. You got to get an on-campus stadium or something that's going to get people excited because it's just you want to recruit at a high level and all of that, but then you have like 12 people, like the parents are handing out friggin' orange slice, orange slices to the kids on the <laughs> sidelines. Like, are you kidding? Just let, let like homeless people in, give them a place to sleep. That'll at least look better on TV. I don't know. You know, the thing is, is like to make matters worse, you like the dolphins are fun. So if you had any disposable income, you'd go watch the dolphins play. Like, at least that's fun. You don't have to go watch a bunch of players who don't want to be there. You can, I guess this is proof you can buy a team, but you can't make them good. And that's, that's the truth. Yeah. I just, I mean, dude, and Tyler Van Dyke getting benched, like, yeah, listen, as, as, as much as it's not great to have Peyton Thorne being very up and down, at least your guy, at least he's not getting hyped as an NFL day one pick and then gets benched in game four against middle Tennessee state. Like, I don't, I'm sorry. That's a, that's a disaster. Hey, congratulations for middle Tennessee to middle Tennessee state for doing their first relevant athletic thing ever. I don't know what else they've done of note. And I think this is great for them. The pain, the pain podcast continues. Mm, power through Shots everywhere. power through John. Um, Kansas is ranked dude. They beat, they beat Duke. Uh, 35 to 27, they had a sellout at home and good for them. That's fun for them. I'm happy for them. Yeah. I mean, I just really hope we get to hear the just like football chance, <laughs> uh, whenever they play Duke next. Well, um, that's cool for them, man. At least somebody's out here having fun. Well, I don't even know if their coach is going to make it to the end of the year because, People are all scrambling. He's at the top of everyone's rebuild list, and, and for good reason. Lance Leopold. We've already we've already heard rumors Wisconsin is ready to move on. <laughs> oh. We'll get to that. Um, and Lance is floating to the top of that list already. So, uh, a couple other big ones. Uh, Georgia beat Kent State thirty nine to twenty two, and that was I think a very shocking result. Um, because it wasn't like Kent State scored late and like made us. It was like this tight in quotation marks the whole game. And Kent State ends their death march. They played three Power Five teams, including Washington, who beat Kent State much worse than uh, Georgia did. So again, you know it can always be worse. 
Washington and Minnesota will be good teams this year, decent teams this year. Still not an excuse to get your ass kicked as bad as Michigan State did to both of them, but this was just more proof that Washington is probably the real deal. Yeah. Uh, also, Kent State, hang the banner. I mean, Dude. that's uh, to to be within, like, I don't know, 100 of Georgia, it feels like, is a pretty big accomplishment. To score 20-plus points, honestly, I don't know how many teams will do that this year. That's that's genuinely very impressive. Yeah, it was 26 so. to 13 at halftime. I mean, like, they were – I don't care if Georgia didn't have their attention. I, I don't care. I don't. doesn't matter, man. That's still body bodies. Like yeah. that's just still a different class of human being on one side of the field from the other. So that's, that's pretty good. Kent state. Bravo. <laughs> and that's after two huge beatings, you know, like they would be, should have been hurt. They banged up. Not the case, which reminds me, I'm still mad that everyone on Michigan state's roster seemingly has hurt. I thought we had a new strength and conditioning program. I'm back to mad about things. Jack, I, sorry, my bad. Moving on. <laughs> Florida loses at Tennessee, 38 to 33. Tennessee, look at you guys. Well, little, little top uh, ten action. Hey, that's that. Listen, I think my boy Anthony Richardson had a great game. Let's start there. Four touchdowns, 453 yards through the air. Dang. Tremendous work. Tennessee is like the ultimate. I like, I'm just not, I just don't know how far I'm ready to go yet. I mean, they've got at LSU next week, home against Bama. They still got to play Kentucky, have to go to Georgia. I mean, all that being said, I mean, the, the whole, uh, the whole season's right there in front of them, man. I mean, I guess they're, they kind of got everybody, you know, they're, they're not like, uh, they're not in that other division. Um, I'm confident. I don't know, man, just wait. They're going to find some spectacular way to blow <laughs> this though. Yeah. I, their fan base deserves nothing good. So I'm looking forward to that downfall quickly. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and then Clemson. Uh, pulls out a double overtime win, 51 to 45. This was a very entertaining ball game. Wake Forest just didn't have quite enough juice at the end. Dude, how about DJ? DJ making a name for himself once again. Uh, huge game from 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 him. Five touchdowns, 370 yards passing. Even chipped in 52 on the ground. Yeah, Clemson, Clemson making a little statement here, dude. And also Sam Hartman. Got to feel good for him, even though they lost this game. Six touchdowns, 337 yards to the air. Yeah. Man, um, this would be fun. I am not well-versed enough in the ACC's championship format to know, but I would love to see this as the championship game. Well, might be. A uh, few big ones coming up, though, um, that could determine things as well. We'll get to those. Um, let's see. Did we talk about Kansas State? Went in and beat Oklahoma 41 to 34. A little bit of a shocker uh, losing at home like that. Wildcats uh, are okay, but still. Dude, Adrian Martinez. Mm-hmm. Adrian Martinez just had to get away from Lincoln to really, to really shine. He looked fantastic in that game. I watched a, a decent chunk of it, especially towards the end. And all he did was make plays. All he did was make plays. But, uh, you know, kind of, he 
and four rushing touchdowns in that game. Awesome. Just no no answers from Oklahoma's defense. And, you know, it's nice of Oklahoma for their fans to just get the whole could we make the playoff discussion out of the way nice and early this year so they can just sit back and enjoy. Yeah, that, and that's healthy for everyone to be out. Stress-free. <laughs> that's so, the way I'm looking at our season, John. Oh, We're yeah. just taking everything off the table. We're just going to coast into basketball season, play a gauntlet of a schedule there. And, uh, you know, I'm already looking forward to next summer, if we're being honest. We are on cruise control here. Woo! Oh, man. So, Big Ten results. Uh, keep moving. Illinois won 31 to nothing. Choosing to run Chase Brown into the ground before Big Ten play. Bert, do what you need to do. I don't care. It's just, yeah. I don't know. John, you're, get, you're getting choppy, John. Oh, boy. Wouldn't expect anything other. Can you hear that? Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? On. You there? Oh, boy. John, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can now. Awesome. I'm glad we figured that out. <laughs> 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 what a disaster. But Austin, What's worse, this week's football performance or this podcast? Austin, I like to think that what just took place, which we totally meant to do, is what was happening when Mel was calling up to Scotty on the on the mic and was like, Scotty, what's going on up there? And he just was like, oh, the mic's not working. It, he's just pretending it didn't work because he didn't want to talk to Mel. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's kind of how it felt just now. I just just screaming into the abyss. I might as well just be screaming into a, a like a landline that's just just completely speak. It, the the cord's not even plugged into the base of the phone. I love this. Is like, oh man, if everyone's had a had a former former relationship where maybe there was just nothing to say and the other person was just yelling, "Are you even there?" And you're kind of like. Physically, yes. Mentally, I've checked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the answer back is just a deep sigh. It's like, oh, <sighs> technically, I'm here. Um, let's jump through. Uh, I was talking about Chase Brown was being run into the ground before Big Ten play. Um, I don't do whatever you want, Illinois. It's your it's, it's your choice if you need. Yeah. To. Run your NFL player into the ground. Go for it. Well, listen, haven't we all? Go ahead. Go ahead, Illinois. If that's what you need to get to a bowl game, then then just just pummel that guy's legs into the ground. Do what you have to do. I watched Michigan State take three years off of Le'Veon Bell's NFL career. But then Le'Veon (laughs) took those three off anyway, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, I'm thinking like Javon Ringer, uh, I think, had about 600 carries in his junior and senior year combined. So uh, I have very little sympathy for any many other quote unquote workhorses. Uh, Penn State took down CMU 33 to 14. I learned that CMU is OK, I guess. And I hope they got paid really well for their big check games against Oklahoma State and Penn State. Yeah, I mean, like I said, maybe it's the what is what the Oklahoma State and Penn State. What's a good common theme? The T Boone Valley 
field house at Central Michigan. Do you think Jim McElwain is when he's at these like programs, he's just like at before the game and after the game, like, hey, put in a good word for me because I'm trying to get out of here, trying to get out. Of here. <laughs> yeah, he's walking up to Gundy's mullet and he's like, listen, you can use my fishing boat whenever you want if you hire me as your offensive coordinator. Yeah, you need like, to- I trust me. I know where those international waters are. There's no rules out there, baby. <laughs> the rumors are true with the Sharks. <laughs> Forever. Uh, Michigan took down Maryland 34-27. to 27. Um, Played a team with a pulse, pulled it out. Um, I don't know what there is to say because Michigan was clearly the better team, but Maryland, um, some some – some errors on their own that kind of seemingly the way Maryland always does is, is they get in their own way. Yeah, dude, Maryland is just uh, the ultimate chaos team. We lo- And you know what? I'd have it no other way. <laughs> Cincinnati beat Indiana 45 to 24. When do we talk, have the conversation about Tom Allen, Austin? I mean, I'm ready to have it now, but uh, I, yeah, I think, I think, um, People in wherever the hell they are, Bloomington, are probably waiting another year. But this is because he had a good transfer portal. But it, yeah, it's funny that doesn't always work out for people. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Indiana, t- tough look. I mean, Cincinnati, obviously a good program. They fought very hard this year against good teams and made the playoff a year ago. So obviously doing something right. But yeah, I think that I mean Tom is. Uh, Leo is really, really ringing a little hollow right now. I don't know if everybody's Leoing at the moment. I think it's just like, I get it's Indiana. And they're like the one of the worst power five programs. Was this year six? You're losing by 21 on the road to a group of five team. Like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, maybe they can't do any better and they know it. And that's fine. I don't know. Um, Iowa beat Rutgers 27 to 10. Um, Iowa finding its groove again. And sometimes I look at this stuff and I'm like, is it better that we know that MSU's situation is now or find out about it later? Like, could if MSU was playing Rutgers in, you know, Indiana. Right, like, early. would we rather fool ourselves? Yeah, I, and the answer is yes. I would rather fool myself, yes. Uh, I see both. I see both sides. Okay. In some ways... Yes, I would much rather fool myself because then, you know, I wouldn't be recording this podcast laying flat on my back, staring at my ceiling. But uh, on the other side of the coin, it is, like I said, it's it's kind of nice to just know, like, okay, this is hopefully the bottom. Let's just keep going, keep recruiting. It's not going to get worse from here. Like, it always, it, there is almost this nice, like, little little detachment in a way sometimes when the team really just just totally bottoms out. So, it's it, you know, I'd prefer to avoid it altogether. Um, but, you know, here we are. But the jokes, you know, to, to all of those who are, have been making fun of the Mel Tucker stuff this entire offseason, unload the clip. <laughs> just unload it. Let it go. Let the chopper sing. Let us have it because we we deserve it, and I want to get it out now. Uh, and and really, I specifically want to hear from that team down the road because if slash when we beat them again, 
it will be extra funny to have all of that so, uh, ready. It was a special. I can't know. It's funny. We can't keep. We can't put it away. So let the record show. We're very good at making fun of our own team too. Very. My wife um, is a Gopher grad, and sneak attacked put our daughter in a Minnesota gear uh, Saturday morning, and very nicely slash devastatingly rudely asked me, which is very Minnesota, by the way, um, <laughs> passive aggressive thing ever, asked me if she if if I wanted her to wear an MSU um, clothes after Michigan State scored. It was 34 to 7 at that point. And that was like the meanest thing she could have done. Because I was like, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want her to, my daughter to be wearing that that right now. Like, I, it's like you're ashamed of the situation. No, keep her oh, man. <laughs> Let her be a winner today. Yeah, she doesn't have to experience what I'm going through at all. No. Oh, dear. Um, well, so let's get back on track. Purdue beat Florida Atlantic 28 to 26. Sure. Uh, just whatever. <laughs> My, hey, that Miami Redhawk uh, 17 over at Northwestern 14. Check cash for me. It can be worse, folks. <laughs> I was gonna. First, I was gonna say, oh, perhaps this week's greatest example of it can always be worse, dude. Look at that, the Northwestern. By the way, I don't know who I feel worse for here, or who I who I, uh, I, I like. Nebraska lost to Northwestern. Northwestern yep. has since lost to Southern Illinois, Duke, and Miami, Ohio. <laughs> In that academic prowess, by the way. I just don't. I don't know. Yeah, like it really does make me feel a little bit better. At least we lost to two teams that are named after states. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they lost to, what? what, yeah, they lost to Miami, Southern Illinois, and Duke. That is, yeah, two, one directional school, one school that, like, is a lower tier back team and then Duke. Duke. That's bad, dude. That's bad. And you know the thing is, nobody knows about it. No. That's why Pat Fitzgerald will still have his job, despite one of truly the most mind blowingly terrible three out of four game stretches you can have as a power five team. You wanna you wanna complain a little bit about the Big Ten West? Would love to. Oh that- that program, Northwestern, has won that that division two of the last four years. I mean, come on. Be ashamed, everyone on the Big Ten West, including you, Wisconsin, who just lost 52 to 21. And it was, I was five to seven at one point, dude. I think Wisconsin is the most egregious of all of them, quite honestly, because Wisconsin should be, if they are what they say they are, whatever, should be winning that division by three games. Every single year. They shouldn't have a divisional loss in the last borderline decade. However long this division has, this fraud of a division has been around, that's how many of those conference titles they should have. Because it is it is just a remarkable shit show. <laughs> I mean, North, Northwestern manages to, like you said, win two out of four. Iowa wins despite finishing the season with four losses. And then turn around and turns around and has one of the worst all-time offenses to start a season you, you will like literally historically ever see. 
And then you've got who else? Purdue? Nebraska. Nebraska? <laughs> oh, my God. It's just pathetic, man. I just don't get it. The Big Ten, you know, uh, you look great when you've got Ohio State playing, you know, uh, against Penn State and Michigan. And, you know, we like to include ourselves in that group. Maryland's at least a little frisky. And you're like, oh, man, must be a deep conference. Nope, it's just one division because the other one is absolute turds. They should be happy there's not relegation because I think all of them would have been relegated at some point. Like this division, if there was actual relegation, would be made up of like eight completely new programs. It'd be Western Central and I don't even know who else, like Coastal Carolina and all these randos. It's so bad, too, because it's also like they get the equal pot of revenue. Oh, yeah. No one watches their games. Purdue, no one watches. Illinois, no one watches. Northwestern, no one watches. Minnesota, pro sports town. Wisconsin, congrats. People watch you. And Iowa, they split time between Iowa State and Iowa. They don't even own the state. Like It's Iowa. It's also not a big state. It, it, it's so like, what? <laughs> I want your money is what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me your money. You, you deserve to be poor is what you're trying to say. PJ Fleck just literally comes to work 40 hours a week the last six years, take a normal amount of vacation days, doesn't make a fuss, and by doing the bare minimum, easily has the best program in the, in the West. Just, it's very, just it's very office space. It's like very it office space. It's like, what would you say you do here? Hey, you know what? This guy's doing something right. And the funniest part was at the beginning of the year, we were like, this division is going to be probably an insane race for the champion, but not because people are good, just because everyone is just trying to outbat each other. Like, yeah, that's it. Well, I don't think we should we should crown a champion. We should it should all just be one. It should be they should be an asterisk this year. Dude, I think the thing that kills me about the division more than anything else is we've heard the hype of these hires. Okay. Uh, for several of these schools. I mean, Jeff Brom, if we remember correctly, was a darling for a, for quite some time. Yep. Um, Fleck. I mean, Fleck was a huge one. Scott Frost was a huge one. Uh, I mean, it. even Paul Christ has been gotten plenty of hype and is now just the most flaccid program in, maybe in the entire division. Uh, I just, Bert, I don't know, man. It, Bert it, it, was a huge Bert, hire. Huge hire. I just, it's just awful. Just this is, this is a division that had a team hire Lovey Smith, and it wasn't a joke. They were <laughs> dead serious. Hey, you know what? Good on Lovey though. He it's got that phone out. call. He didn't have the number in his phone, and he's like, he's like, what? Huh? Is this who is this? <laughs> um, oh and now he's the NFL head coach. But someone, someone asked me the other day. They're like. What's Levy Smith doing? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm like, oh my God, he's the head coach of the Texans. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't They're the, they're the Illinois of the NFL anyway at this point. <laughs> you beat me to the line. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. Quickly, Ohio State, though, did score 52 points um, against a Jim Leonard defense. And he knows what he's doing. I'm sorry. So. Yeah. Caution 
this could get bad, everyone. It's gonna. It just took them a second to find their stride. Ohio, the the Ohio State wagon is is fully torqued, and is ready to take off. You want to go through some big upcoming national games? Yeah. Okay. I so do. Friday night, Washington undefeated. Uh, yeah. to undefeated UCLA. I think Washington's gonna take care of business here. Um, UCLA. I think it might be a paper tiger, but I don't know. What do you think? A Chip Kelly team? No. I don't buy it. Um, yeah, I think Washington. I mean, shit, man. Everything I've seen out of Washington in the last couple of weeks, they look pretty good. I mean, I guess you know that's that's good. Uh, yeah, I do expect them to. I do expect them to win, though. They're a Kalen DeBoer, man. That that guy. Whether he wants, to, if he wants to stay at Washington, good for them. But I think he's gonna have a uh, real deal teams call you know big time sec and big time programs calling his name before too long i actually wouldn't be that shocked just based on what i've seen him do with his offense if um an nfl team came calling it's just impressive stuff yeah and i mean you talked about it for the preview he's got some he's got what looks to be like some nice young quarterback talent so it could Mm -hmm. it could get better good for sure um all right let's see we had Kentucky, number seven Kentucky in football at wow. number 14 uh, Mississippi. Look at this is like the fraud game. I'm sorry. These teams stink. And they just, <laughs> they just happen to be undefeated. And like Will Levis is, is, is just like, I don't even want to say it on, on get recorded because I'm sure he's going to be a Hall of Famer just because I said this. But like, <laughs> just feels like i don't know trubisky vibes or oh like, man that's damning it's just like do, am i supposed to sincerely take a kentucky quarterback seriously like well very hard for me to do that that's fair i'm i'm kind of going the opposite way to be honest with you i i was all about that your teaser line the paper tiger line with him last year but I don't know. I think he's actually looked a little bit better this year. Again, I think of all the quarterbacks going into this draft, Anthony Richardson included, even though he's so volatile. Uh, Levis is probably the last name that you hear for d- day one that I would want my team to end up with. If I mean, again, I, I would take him. But like of all the choices in that general range right now, um, it's probably probably my last choice. But that being said, I think he's – He's taking a step, taking a step forward. This is another big one, though. I mean, he's yeah. got to, he's he's got to win this one. That's on the road, in the Grove. I think Kentucky is probably the better team, but yeah, I think at this point they're they're both up there because they just happen to be undefeated. And and I'm being hypercritical of probably the top five quarterback in the class, but kind of comes with should the be comes with hey, your Kentucky's quarterback. That's their fault, not yours. Uh, Oklahoma State number nine heads to number sixteen Baylor. Uh, what's your read on this one? Uh, it's a, honestly, it's a tough one to read. I think as much as I don't want it to be, I'm probably leaning Oklahoma state because of Spencer Sanders. Mm -hmm. And I just like him more than I think it's Blake Shapin is Baylor's quarterback. Um, I just like him a little bit more Oklahoma state's defense, you know, obviously gave up 40 something points to central earlier. So that would make me a little nervous. Yeah. But I also think Oklahoma State sees the you know the opportunity after Oklahoma lost last week 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, Baylor is now shaping up as this is this is a huge game. I mean, you know, obviously Texas is still involved. Well, Texas lost a game. game. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I mean, this is a huge one uh, that can determine a lot about the the fate of the Big Twelve this year. Uh, quick, quick undercards before the big one: uh, Wake Forest at Florida State at four and Florida State, who will be favored by a touchdown in this game. All of a sudden, mm. for all the woes Florida State had, they turned it around pretty quickly. Dude, Rotomaker's a nice quarterback, man. I, I like I like that uh, that backup that Florida State played a couple weeks ago. Um, I didn't catch if Jordan Travis played last week or not, but I know he was pretty hurt. But uh, yeah, I I'm I'd probably lean Wake Forest here, man. We've seen that offense just doesn't quit, um, and so yeah, I'd probably roll with them. But credit to Florida State for figuring some stuff out early, and you know, the four zero is four zero. This this over under might creep up to <clears throat> under seventy. Like this this could get funny. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's Wake Forest football now. What an awesome brand of football, by yeah. the way. Absolutely. Like. Do you, have you watched the uh, their what do they call it the the read option? Like, have you watched them play? It's like a veer almost. Well, they the quarterback and the running back will hold on to the ball yeah. simultaneously for probably a second longer than any other program you'll see run that, and it's very conf- it it literally freezes the linebackers while the wide receivers are able to run a route. It it's pretty smart you know who the, the credit that team whoever their offensive line coach is yeah. that's the guy anybody should hire because the fact that they can do that and offensive linemen don't get illegal man downfield penalties like seven times a game is incredible yeah they and with no talent doing that. yeah seriously another quick undercard texas a&m um who got a win you know against arkansas last mm-hmm. week oh uh, Heads to stole a win, stole a win, heads to Mississippi State. And I think we're just doing this kind of as a bit, but also because it's true. Every game Jimbo Fisher coaches feels like just massive, like for his future, for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, when you. I, I completely agree with you, but just like when you talk the level of shit that they talked and you get pay a guy that much money, you know, that those are the expectations fair or unfair. And uh, yeah, this is another big one because Mississippi state is like, this is favored in this one. I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, but hey, despite all that, yeah, the A the A and M floating standards bar is very interesting. Um, the big game on ABC is NC State at Clemson. NC State, for all of their warts, still undefeated and made it uh, to the big game everyone had circled at the beginning of the year. Clemson kind of, um, as you mentioned, rounding into form. Um, you don't really expect NC State to win this game, but why you play them? So they, they, could, they could exercise a lot of demons with a win here. Yeah, this is this is a really interesting one for uh, for the quarterback DJU. I mean, if if I think if he can come out and have a great game in this one, I mean, again, it's NC State, but they have a good defense. Um, if he can come out and play well, I think it kind of changes almost the tone of the entire year 
uh, and the like legitimate expectations for Clemson because yes, they're number five, but I think they're kind of like the clear cut fifth team right now. I don't think anybody's looking at them as like, you know, uh, a real national title contender because of the perceived, you know, quarterback issues. But um, if he goes out and has a game, I mean, that, that all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're looking pretty – you might have to reconsider that. We might have to consider the fact Clemson could, in fact, be back. And NC State trying to kind of just get get the same old wolf pack, you know, off their back. Mm-hmm. We just are so close, and this would be a program-changing win for them. Um, yeah, it'd be a big, big one. It would launch them, you know, potentially over a couple teams, and now we're talking college football playoff because, um, you know – ACC. We are. Yeah, it's it's there for the taking. So huge game there. Um, jump over to the Big Ten. 11 a.m. kicks. Purdue heads to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota has a line by 12 here. What do you think? I don't know about 12 uh, because Purdue can just score. But um, I mean, this is a, yeah. If you're if you're Minnesota, all of a sudden this is. Um, this has become a big time game. I mean, uh, they, they are now in a position that they're not used to where they're looking like the, I don't know, I think probably kind of easily best team in that division right now. And it's, it's all kind of in front of you. So can you ride the momentum of, you know, a big win in a game that you, again, if everybody's pretty honest with themselves, they probably didn't expect to win at the beginning of the year or, or thought was at least a, a toss up at best. You know, can you ride the, the momentum of just kicking the, you know, another team's good team's teeth in, uh, and then come home and play against a tricky offense or not. So I, I don't know about that's a lot of points, but um, that being said, Minnesota, yeah, the the spotlight is yours. Feels like a game that Purdue always wins every year. Yeah, I yes, more succinctly that. Um, other eleven a.m. kick, uh, Illinois travels to Wisconsin. <laughs> Only a Burt seven- Bull. Burt Bull, baby. Get ready. Woo! Worth tuning in for. Um, I don't know. Wisconsin, everyone looks bad against Ohio State, so I wouldn't like read too far into that. But Illinois, a little bit ahead of schedule, maybe, is uh, might be worth tuning into. It, it'll be bad football. Don't get me wrong. But um, Wisconsin's looking at two and three in the face. So not great. Um, yeah, this is about as big ten a game as as there is. I mean, these are two two teams that are just gonna pillow fight each other for you know an entire afternoon. And I, the, the good news about this game is that it'll be over in like two hours because there will be like zero attempted passes. That's probably fair and true, and that's better for everybody if we're being honest with each other. <clears throat> um, Let's see. As far I just wanted a quick check. Yeah, Chase Brown easily has the most carries in the conference um, with 95 uh, through games already. So, Jeez. So he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Um, Rutgers at Ohio State. Yeah. What do you think the line is for Ohio State? Uh, I, well, I, I know what it is. Do you not know what it is? I didn't. I just saw it, and I actually sat back and gasped. It's it's forty and a half. Come on. Uh, 
or at least that's the one that I saw. Um, yikes. What well, I mean, yikes, but also like, yeah, all right, yeah, like okay, <laughs> you know, like okay, <laughs> it's it's a lot, but it's not it's not insane. I think you've just got Ohio State like really starting to to hit their groove. I think they see that this is you know they they look at this conference and they're like this is just this is just easy meat, man. Go get it. So I yeah I. Honestly, if I was a betting man, I'd probably bet on him to cover. Not going to lie. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's keep moving. <laughs> the other 230 game. Um, oh, I think I, I may have missed Michigan at Iowa. Um, that's 11 a.m. kick. Michigan, 10.5 point favorite. The over-under here, 42.5. Iowa unders have been doing well for me. If you get in immediately. You'll notice they'll start at like 37 and then they'll just drop like a rock. So <laughs> into this, it might be too late. Um, but 42 and a half might be the highest over under that Iowa has had this year. I will say that I think this is this is going to go one of two ways. This is going to be Michigan wins by 100 points Mm-mm. or this is like awkwardly close in the fourth quarter like I, I i don't see a lot of middle ground here um iowa's defense is actually good it's, it, it, it's it, very good it's very good so th- that has not been the problem and it's going to be by by far the best defense michigan has seen so far so that there is that element now, can Iowa score 14 points? Uh, I mean, I have my doubts. So I, I just, if they can find a dumb, frisky, if frisky Iowa can come to life for one game, I actually wouldn't be shocked if this is closer than people think. Um, but I could also, I would say the odds are that this ends up just being a blowout Michigan win. but. I think more than you might expect at first blush, there is another option. I'm going 17 to six final. Good Lord. I'm serious. I, I think JJ is a stud, but he is always trying to make the big play. And he's going to have to learn that it doesn't have to be the big play all the time. You just take what the defense gives you. And Iowa is you're just going to have to – I think Michigan's talented enough to to take a little bit of what Iowa will give them. If they don't force it, I think Michigan will force it a little bit. And Iowa just simply can't score. So that's that's what Yeah. I don't hate that. I don't hate it at all. Um, all right. A uh, couple more to go. Northwestern at Penn State. Yikes. Woof. I don't think that's uh, any good, but still. Yeah, I I pretty much agree. Uh, Northwest, man, that's that's bad. That's really, really very bad. Um, credit to Brandon Joseph. You know, I realize Notre Dame's not any good either, but uh, we're getting out of there and going and uh, <laughs> the, the the safety for going and playing and. In Notre Dame, he's like, listen, I'm not getting the NFL looks because there's eight people at these games. Uh, so I'm going to go play. I'm at least going to play in front of people so they can see how good I am, even if we don't have a quarterback. So 
Yeah, I, I think this is yeah, this should be Penn State by a lot, whatever the line is. I'm taking Penn State kind of no matter what, even though, like you said, I'm not sure they're actually any good. So Northwestern wins their first game in Ireland against a conference opponent and will lose 11 straight. <laughs> they will. They're going to go 1-11 with their only win against Nebraska. Has that ever happened before? Okay, I don't know, but I... I would say people need to get fired, but they already have, so it's fine. Yeah. Been, been taken care of in Lincoln. Speaking of hosting Indiana in what should be one heck of a pillow fight, uh, someone has to win, technically. Uh, do they? Yeah, I guess you're right. There's no ties. Who, who do you have here? I'm going with Indiana. Uh-oh. I'm going on the record. Leo. Yeah, I just think that these teams both suck, but <laughs> however, I don't know. Like, how could you? I, dude, I was I was telling people in the offseason, I'm like, don't sleep on Nebraska. They might turn around this year. Now, I'm going full heel turn. This team is absolute garbage. No, but I think the most important thing is that just none of these guys want to be there. Like, they they don't want to be playing this game. They don't want to be showing up early to play against Indiana. That's for sure. Uh, whereas Indiana, I think, still kind of cares. So, um. Yeah, I'm going with Indiana, money line. That's fair enough. All right, that brings us to another team that's looking at two and three in the face, Michigan State Spartans travel to Maryland. Maryland, (laughs) a seven-point favorite in this one. Um, Boy, I don't know what to say. This one, uh, at the beginning of the year, looked tricky, right? I think everyone would agree. But I don't know if anyone saw being a touchdown dog. I will note that, um, for what it's worth, Mel Tucker Michigan State teams have never uh, lost a game by less than 11. So if you're going to take a Maryland win, do it by at least a 11. <laughs> I don't know. It's all yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like you said. Um... This one had me nervous at the beginning of the year, let alone now. Uh, what you've seen from Maryland's offense, I mean, well, the story of Maryland is its offense, for, for better or for worse. Um, when it's hitting, I mean, scoring 27 points against Michigan's defenses isn't something to ignore. Um, we've seen them be super explosive, both through the air and on the ground. But that's not necessarily all that different from what we've seen of them uh, in the last handful of years, it's it's it, the problem is that they just get in their own. They're their own worst enemy. They turn the ball over, you know, or historically a ton. Um, Talia Tagovailoa has certainly um, I think he's taken a bit of a step forward this year. But, you know, in looking at his stats here, still thrown four interceptions through four games. Um but he's slinging the ball pretty good. He's also over 1,100 yards uh, through four games. So, you know, it. But that being said, a lot of those numbers are coming against just garbage teams. His comp- level of competition this year has been quite bad. I mean, they started off against Buffalo, then Charlotte, then SM. SMU, not terrible. Uh, and then went and faced Michigan. Threw two picks against Michigan. Um, yeah, threw a pick against Buffalo. You know, I, I think the, the way Michigan State wins this game 
is by is the same way. Honestly, it's the same way they beat Maryland last year. Maryland probably should have beaten Michigan State last year. If we're being again, disagree. That, if you look at how that game went, Maryland shot themselves in both feet and then turned around, pointed it straight at their groin, and shot themselves in the groin. But that's Maryland football. But that's what I'm saying. No, that's yeah. exactly my that's exactly my point. They, I think, are their own best friend and their own worst enemy. If you look at his numbers from last year, 350 yards against Michigan State through the year, um, just kind of kind of tore him apart. And the only reason MSU was able to, you know, win that game is because they were able to outscore Maryland. So MSU's got to basically turn everything they've done this season on its ear. They need to play smarter, uh, ideally possession long stretches of possession football. They need to be able to run the ball and they can't make mistakes. Maryland has to be the one to make mistakes. So this week, I, I honestly, if I'm looking at anybody first on the, on, in terms of the, the players on the field, it's Thorne. He's, this has to be a bounce back game for him. This has to be a bounce back game or I am not, I am being 100% serious. You have to consider giving Noah Kim a look. For an extended stretch of time, if Peyton Thorne comes out and is awful in this game, you have you have to you owe it to yourselves as a program. You have either Noah Kim or Caden Hauser. One of the two has to get a look because if you're staring two and three in the face and you want to say all of these things about you know perform to play, perform to stay, all of that stuff, you, you got to hold yourselves to it. You can't let Thorne go out there uh, and you know chunk the ball around for for another game against a winnable opponent. He has thrown six interceptions this year. He has six interceptions in four games. It's just it's simply not a acceptable number. He's completing the most passes he's ever completed. That's great, but uh, it's just not just not acceptable performances on his part. So, um, in terms of players, it all starts with the quarterback. Looking at him, looking at that offensive line to see if they can run the ball against anybody. Because I don't think you know Maryland's rush defense isn't anything to write home about. Um, but more than the players, to me, this is, this comes down to the coaches, and this comes down to the program. You're bouncing back from just an atrocious loss at home, an inexcusable loss. There is no redeeming that performance. How how do you answer? You have to go on the road, not exactly a hospital environment, but you have to go on the road and play against a team that does that, that whose strengths are your weaknesses. How do you respond? Is your defense going to make any type of adjustment? You got to try something different, right? Or are you just going to continue to do what you do and accept the results as they come in, kind of no matter what? If that's the attitude and that's what happens, cannot explain how disappointed I'll be. Cannot explain how disappointed I'll be. I want to see something. I want to see something from these defensive coaches. You don't think like you think uh, teams can exploit certain matchups. So you play this this super conservative style. Guess what? You just gave up 500 yards to Minnesota playing that style. Throw the plan out of the window. Try something new. If you don't see that this week. You're going to get people saying serious things and all of these things are, in my opinion, fair and on the table. Everything outside of Firemall Tucker is quite honestly, I'm, uh, my ears are open uh, if you can't turn around and play a halfway decent game this week. Um, otherwise, it's a spiral. I mean, you lose this game, which honestly is right now they are favored to, they are, they are the underdog for good reason. And 
I mean, you just got, you honestly have to fight to make a bowl game, which is so sad and pathetic and terrible compared to what you saw last year and the expectations we had coming in. But that is the very real reality if they drop this one, especially if it's ugly. So on the flip side, there's a, there's opportunity to talk about, it's a winnable game because by the way, Maryland is not good. So correct. uh, You mentioned um, their passing game. We don't know if their quarterback and best wide receiver, Rakeem Jarrett, will play. They were knocked out of the game against Michigan. That Mm -hmm. changes everything. And while we saw Minnesota play without their top wideout and have no problem, um, playing without your your quarterback is a little different. And if you look at their roster, you got to – and maybe they tear it up. But Billy Edwards is a freshman. um, Transfer, too. Transfer, who was – and listen, stars or whatever, you know, quarterbacks can be funny. Peyton Thorne was not wanted either. This kid was 1600th ranked. Like we're talking, no one else was really seeking him out. And he got a ju- junior um, who d- didn't play at all last year. Is not even competing for the spot. And Eric Najarian is how you say it. But it, the point yeah. is, it, it's things get thin quickly for them. And that's what makes Maryland go. That's it. And so True. all of a sudden you're looking at uh, offense without its motor and then defensively for all of the things we say about Michigan state defense, which are bad and true, and they should be better and et cetera. Maryland is right there with Michigan state as far as total yards given up and passing defense and running defense. It's not good. And they're not really playing anyone but Michigan yet. So like you said, SMU is okay, but you know, their defense isn't exactly stout. So the game is very winnable. That hasn't changed. It's just, it's in Michigan State's hands because Maryland has shown us how many games and seasons in a row that they simply can't do the things that win close football games. Is Michigan State a team like that? Or are they adult enough to just, win winnable games because Maryland simply doesn't want to it seems like this one's on the table for both teams I don't know it's just like it's going to be a culture win in my opinion that is the perfect way to say it this is a pro it's a program game hate that it has to be versus Maryland but it's the way it is right now yeah but I mean if we're also being again totally honest with ourselves you know the this Mel Tucker's program is all of two and change years old. Like it, it's, it's happening against Maryland. So be it. You, you still have to answer this call. And again, you are, you, you drop this game and you're going to be two and four with a gun, with a home game against Wisconsin and then a road game, a bye week and then a road game at Michigan. You're going into Michigan under 500, no matter what. Do you want, is that really what we want? That because we're not beating, we're, we'll be lucky again. Whatever that line is, that 40 and a half might look generous in a week. Uh, that for Ohio State, you know what I mean? Like they it might be 50 against Michigan State. So you have you either go get this or it's a four game slide to start the season, more or less. Uh, and you're gonna have to pick yourself up towards the end and just just muscle into a bowl game because you know gets it gets very dicey very quickly and it's and it's uh, what are you like again through two seasons of mel tucker we've seen one disaster 
which again, a lot of, you know, uh, circumstances surrounding that, that obviously you can, you can write some of that stuff off, which is totally fair. And then we've seen one great season. What are we going to get here? I think there's, again, I don't know. It's like necessarily a sky is falling thing. If this team, you know, only wins seven games and makes the bowl game, but you know, if you're going to get to that number, you, you just left two very winnable games on, on the field and got your asses kicked in both of them. You can't have that happen here because as you look at the, you, you got to stretch at the end of the year with Illinois, Rutgers, and Indiana all look pretty winnable. Outside of that, this is it, man. Outside of that, it's Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, and Maryland. You're running out of, I can't, it's five weeks in, but you're running out of chances to stack up wins. And uh, it, it's, it's nut up or shut up time. And it's crazy that it's week five. It's crazy it's been at Maryland, but. You know, nah, that's the, those are the breaks. This is the situation you put yourself in. You got to answer it or, or gonna, it's not going to be as much fun to be a Spartan for a little while. Keep an eye on the injuries as the week progresses. One piece of good news, I guess, is that despite the struggles, you know, Mel Tucker did reel in another premier athlete in the 2024 class, Austin. So they did, you know, it's a very, very small, bright spot. It's a very long way to go until anyone actually signs their their uh, commitment. But I think you and I keep saying it. Top 15 class this year, eight wins. Only way possible to continue momentum. Um, but this is a bright spot in the right direction for the 2024 class. So um, did you want to say anything about him or, or should we save that? Yeah, really. Well, I can just touch on it really quickly. It's... <laughs> It is a bit ironic that Jamari Howard, four-star corner out of Florida, top 175 kid, great, honestly, great pull. I mean, a great pull. Really good defensive uh, building block for this class to go along with Nick Marsh on the offensive side. So uh, maybe it's a little bit of 3D chess here from Mel to have uh, his secondary be so bad that literally the next day um, he gets a commitment from a kid two classes away who's probably like, I could play there. Uh, so, I mean, he's a great land. So you get a Florida recruit for a, a four-star Florida kid is always good. And, um, like I said, it's a really nice building block for, for this draft class or draft class, this recruiting class, just for context, uh, the same way Nick Marsh would have been the highest rated offensive recruit and the second highest rated recruit in this past year's class, Jamari Howard would be the second highest rated defensive recruit behind only by Job. uh, and the second highest rated in the same way Marsh would uh, in the class overall. He's a little bit behind Marsh, but um, yeah, either way, these are like very, these are the type of kids you need to, to keep stacking in these classes. So that's great. A little silver lining at the end here, but um, you, you know, got to keep winning games if you want to keep getting guys like this uh, into the program. Yeah. Everyone in Florida offered A&M offered, uh, Bama offered enough said, you know, yes. so, this is the, these are the guys. These That's the good. Guys. The question is, are the people on the staff, the guys? Mm-hmm. I, I think that is a fair question, my friend. We will, uh, have more answers or maybe more questions after this week, but either way we'll be with you and, uh, trying to, you know, cope it out regardless. And That's right. We'll have something. Make jokes. One way or the other. (laughs) All right, right, John. I think that does it for us. 
Thanks as always for sticking with us, everybody. For John, this has been Austin. We'll catch you next week. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20.